Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're taking another look at energy markets. Many of you might know that my professional training is as an electrical engineer. I understand physics and energy in particular at a deep level. This is an area of such importance that I continue to study it on a regular basis today. When we look at the economy, there's a direct correlation between every unit of economic output that forms part of our gross domestic product and an equivalent consumption of energy somewhere in the world. The food we eat is correlated directly to energy. Energy is required to manufacture fertilizer. Energy is required to transport the food from production to your dinner table. Energy is required to manufacture the clothes we wear, the houses we live in, the trip to that sun destination. Virtually everything we do, eat, buy, consume, and experience has energy consumption at its core. And today, 85% of global energy production involves burning some kind of carbon-based fuel. It could be wood, coal, oil, natural gas. 85% of our energy production is based on burning something. We clearly need to reduce this and replace it with a more sustainable source of energy production. And on today's show, I'm here to tell you that this decade we will experience another global energy crisis that's unavoidable. That energy crisis will translate into higher energy costs for everyone, which will, unfortunately, have an inflationary impact. It will also impact the quality of everyone's daily life anywhere in the world. Higher transportation costs will mean higher airfares for years to come. It's going to mean some tourism destinations will see a long-term reduction in tourist traffic. And unfortunately, merely switching to solar panels is not going to close the gap. That transition cannot happen fast enough to avoid the crisis, and the transition cannot replace enough of the energy production to even replace more than 50% of the energy production on a global basis. Electric cars are not the solution. That's about consumption. We're talking about production. Electric heating is not a better source of heat than burning natural gas. The transition to more sustainable forms of energy production will take much longer than our politicians are forecasting. It's taken us 20 years for solar and wind generation to displace 6% of electricity production. There's a level of investment required to accelerate the transition that's much larger than the current level of investment. Many are pointing to the situation with Russia and the Ukraine as the reason for the energy crisis, but the energy crisis runs much deeper than Russia and Ukraine. Russia will only make it worse. And I'm going on record to say that Russia is going to weaponize oil this year. Many have been dismissive of the idea that Russia would weaponize oil. Well, why wouldn't they? They've already done it with natural gas. Some would argue that Russia is very dependent on oil for their primary source of revenue. But let me take you through a very simple thought experiment. Russia produces about 8 million barrels of oil a day. If Russia were to cut their oil production in half... There is no other source available anywhere in the world that would replace that production. The Saudis could increase production by at most a million barrels a day. That would leave a global shortfall of about 3 million barrels a day. The rest of OPEC is producing pretty much at capacity. The result would be a near doubling of oil prices on a global basis. They would cut their oil output in half. Their revenue would stay the same. They would not experience a loss of revenue at all. The only reason they have not done it already, in my opinion, is that not only would such a move hurt the economies in Europe and North America, but it would also hurt China, India, and other customers of Russian oil. China and Russia are very strongly aligned in ways that are not immediately visible. These moves are not making news headlines. 
See, China's investments in global infrastructure in the developing world have been well documented. China is a major lender throughout Asia, Africa, and South America, but in some cases, these loans are in distress. China has not been visible on the ground in those locations, but strangely, the enforcers seem to be employees of the Wagner Group. Putin's private army have been seen in those locations doing China's enforcement work on the ground. The Wagner Group has signed security and military assistance contracts with governments in Central African republics, in Mali, and in Libya, and they've secured lucrative mining concessions. In return, many African countries have declined to condemn Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, or even join Western sanctions against Moscow. And those same countries have financial agreements with China. Last week, Russia unilaterally announced a 5% reduction in oil output outside their relationship with OPEC+. I believe this reduction is an experiment designed to observe the impact on global oil prices. I mean, why would Russia reduce oil output at all? After all, they need the money. I don't believe Russia is going to stop at a 5% reduction. I think they're going to cut much deeper. But even without Russia, we don't have a path to replace falling global oil production. See, the United States was insulated from the energy price shocks through most of 2022 because the U.S. withdrew oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve throughout the year. They withdrew an average of 4 million barrels a week from November of 2021 to November of 2022. They literally consumed 50% of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve for no apparent strategic reason other than to stabilize prices at the pumps for consumers. See, all of the OPEC nations have already reached peak oil. The U.S. shale oil revolution is also past peak oil. There's more oil in the ground, but it's more and more difficult and expensive to extract. So why is all of this important? We are, after all, real estate investors, not oil and gas investors. Well, since energy cost is a major input variable to anything we do, we need to perform sensitivity analysis on energy costs as we develop our real estate projects. You might consider performing a real estate sensitivity analysis that it might tell you it'll take 10 years to break even on an investment in solar panels for your house. But what if electricity prices double? Now your time to break even is five years instead of 10. Would that change your decision? Would you rather make that investment now so that you're ahead of the curve rather than having to make a crisis decision? Because you can bet those panels will be more expensive in the middle of a global energy crisis than they are today. I believe there's a window, a small window, for you to take advantage of incentives and subsidies that will make an investment in solar infrastructure seem like a genius move in a relatively short time. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.